We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's IB Countdown to kick off. We've come to the end of the regular season. Notre Dame and Stanford in Palo Alto with Vince D'Addario and Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers as we get this sucker going. I hope you've had a great Thanksgiving weekend and not killed any in-laws or outlaws or <laughs> enjoyed your food and the company that you were with. Boy, those games Thursday, man. Whew. I just, unbelievable. <laughs> Edge of my seat the entire time. I know. I Edge know. I know. And when that guy threw that pass and hit that guy, and that was just that, that touchdown. Was, that was good football. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing an AI show right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a lot to get to. So Notre Dame, of course, coming off a win over Wake Forest is as we head into this game against Stanford guys what maybe stood out to you from last week's win the game plan I mean the, the offensive game plan I think really stood out to me I, I I was very impressed with the way that they kind of attack things with with the play action with you know all of it frankly getting the outside receivers more involved moving great house back into the slot you know, just just doing things that they know they had success with in the past. It's like, oh, hey, maybe we should try doing some of that, you know, in an actual game plan. And so <laughs> it, it was refreshing the way that they operated. It was fantastic offensively. I, I was really happy with it, even with some of the struggles that Sam Hartman had in this game with reading some defense. They, they left a lot on the field like this could have been even an even bigger offensive explosion than it was. And sure. it was still great, but, you know, it, it tells you what kind of talent this offense has. It just hasn't even come close to reaching its potential yet. Yeah, I would piggyback a lot of what Vince was saying, but I'd spin it as just it was refreshing to see Notre Dame get into kind of formations and break some tendencies that they usually had. Um, one that stuck out specifically to me was the, the touchdown pass to Raritan, uh, just using a lot of the same – look that you use in, in predominantly a lot of your run plays and then hitting a nice play action. You know, Sam actually completely turning his back to the defense, rolling out and finding Raritan in the back of the end zone. That's what we wanted to see. And then what Vince was saying too, of just getting different personnels on the field, 
um, that would be, you know, fully utilized uh, properly, like Great House, Tyree, Phase on it felt like they're more kind of strategically, you know, design, not pl designing plays, but calling plays that allowed those guys to get open. Um, and and it, it really felt like <laughs> Jared Parker kind of listened to the feedback, right? Like they had the the second bye week and um, it, it really felt like he, he listened to, I guess, a lot of the media or the critics and not that that's what you're supposed to do, but it's, well, I mean, we said he, it last week, you know, he, he acknowledged the fact that he gets feedback on everything, you know, like he has media relations telling what's going on, what people are talking about. Who knows? I don't know. I would be very disappointed if he changed the game plan based on what we were saying. <laughs> like that would. That would bother me in a lot no, of ways. There was I stuff it, that was brought up that he that he it felt intentional that he kind of self-corrected on, you know, aka the play action. Like you literally went from like two or three play actions to I don't know how many they ran against Wake Forest, but it was more than two or three. And that was, it was like eight, something like that. I still think it had as much to do with who the opponent was sure, as anything. Absolutely. Because that would make it, me much happier if that was the case. You know what it, I mean? Well, we talked about it during the week. I mean, it like you can say that the offense looked better. They did, but the opponent was also worse. Those, you know, they were smaller, slower athletes that they were going against than teams like Clemson and Louisville had, or you know, even Duke for that matter. Like, like it just they weren't as good a defense, and they presented some different opportunities. I think the way that they try to play defense, they presented some opportunities that Jared Parker and the offense could take it. Now, they did break some tendencies, which was great. Like, it, it shouldn't matter who your opponent is. You should exactly. always be trying to yeah. break tendencies. And, like, to your point about formations and personnel, like, when the Rams and Sean McVay were at their best a few years ago, they were a predominant 11 personnel team. So they didn't switch out a whole lot. They just moved, you know, they, they lined up a little bit differently, and they ran different plays with the same personnel groupings out there and that's that's something that I think as Jared Parker continues to mature as an offensive coordinator he just has to figure out how to do more of it's it's not always about okay let's get 13 out there and 21 and 20 you know whatever you can you can keep relatively the same guys out there it's just a matter of how you line them up and where you have them go after you snap the ball and you know play action helps but again like there have been games where they've tried to use play action this year. Sam Hartman was just not successful out of it. They were a lot more successful in this case. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Notre Dame in this aspect, but I do think who the defense was played into that. It helped them out. It helped them have some success, you know, like freezing, freezing a safety that's probably not as good. <laughs> you know, those well, kind that of things. That's all absolutely true. The the defense that they played was not good. And the defense they're going right. to play Saturday is even not worse. Good. Yes. It's even worse. They're, yes. I mean, they are god-awful. There are like three defenses in the country that are worse. Right. USC. St statistically. <laughs> no, not even USC. They really? are. Yes. Not even USC. And I can give you those stats momentarily. 127 to in total defense, 127 <laughs> in pass efficiency defense, and 126, I think, in maybe red zone. One of those. Like, well, they're, they're, they're 130 in scoring defense. Yeah. So. They, it's like, scoring defense. Scoring, yeah. <laughs> they, they were 126. Yeah. I think that they they're, fell. I mean, or, they're or terrible. Maybe they came up. I don't know. But they're yeah. They're terrible. Exactly. They're in like the one, the one percentile. <laughs> I mean, it, they are incredibly bad so like we're talking teams like colorado south florida and north texas that are like worse Oof. than stanford okay Oof. so this is an even worse defense than they played last week right. and what you're saying is absolutely true they they had success against a bad defense there's no doubt about it 
The difference for me, though, from an X's and O's and an analyst standpoint is they called different. They called plays that, number one, like Jesse said, broke tendency, which is fantastic. And it shouldn't take a second bye week, by the way. That's what I mean. Like, what what is going on? I have a big problem with that because you literally have analysts who are getting paid to watch film and well, know thing. your tendencies. When like you're in the when you're when you come to game three of of the season, basically, yes. but they obviously played eight straight games. When you came come to game three and into game four, you've got to have those guys yes. breaking that stuff down. So it's like, here's what we're doing. This right. is what we need to break. Right. And yes, that's that's on the head coach. As well, you know, whether, you know, it's not just the offensive coordinator that's on the head coach to impress upon both, both, you know, especially the offensive coaches, I think, but the defensive coaches too. So it's like, we, we can't be predictable. Like we're not good enough yet to just line up and say, this is what we're going to do. Stop us. Right. Because back, back in the day when it was just the coaching staff, yeah, you use buys to self scout and, and all of that. And that's absolutely true. But in modern college football, you literally have people on the payroll to do that for you. It shouldn't take a bye week to do right. a lot of those things. So exactly, that's a problem that I have, that it took the second bye week of the season before game 11 to break tendency. Like yep. that, that, that's concerning to me, okay? And, that's, and like you said, that's a big picture problem. That's a, that's a head coach program problem, mm-hmm. not an offense or defensive problem. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. But those so, are things that you can sit back and, and start to look at a little bit in this offseason. You know, absolutely. 100%. Mark, Marcus Freeman goes through his self-evaluation like he does week to week, you know, as, as right. we credit him. 
before, but he's very he's very good at that. But yes. this this can't be a blind spot for him. Absolutely. This this has to be something that he prioritizes heading right. to next year. And and the other thing that's gonna that well, let me let me finish my other thought before I move on to the next one. But my my original thought about the about the game plan is it was creative, it was timing, yeah. it was tempo, it was a right. lot of different things that we just haven't seen since the first four games of the season. Ultra so we're seeing it for now. The first time in a long and, time. And and yes, the competition was different. And so I guess that would that would back me up to say, okay, is the offensive staff or is the head coach or whatever dictating how they want to call games based on the how Level good or opponent. bad the defense is? Like, hey man, we're playing we're playing uh, Wake Forest. Go ahead and be as creative as you but need Alex, to be. Well, I do think the head coach gets more conservative when he's going yeah. up against better that's, teams. That's a that problem. That, that is a thing, right? Yes. Like I think we all agree on that. I think we've seen that. We have enough evidence in front of us that that is absolutely the case. And that's a problem. That is a problem that yeah. they are going to need to fix because I think that this offense could have been so much better in those big games if they were allowed to be creative and they were allowed to right. break tendency and all of he's, those different things. He's still so got that. He's just got that. He's a defensive guy his whole yeah. life, basically. Yeah. And that's the mentality he has. He feels like yeah. in those bigger games, it seems like he has to try to protect right. the defense, even though he has an elite defense. You don't have to protect them. They're big boys. Right. Like Al Golden's a big boy. He can, oh, yeah. he can figure that self stuff out on his own right, right now. You, you need to, you know, like offense – in big time college football is what wins championships. Absolutely. I realize we all grew up on defense wins championships as the mantra, but in today's world in college football, it's offense and you have to right. be more dynamic and make more explosive plays against mm -hmm. the better teams on your schedule. It can't just be against Wake Forest and Central Michigan. Right. And I and I think games like this past Saturday and probably this coming Saturday are going to show us is that and that people are going to get pissed and that's okay. This is not a Jared Parker problem. This is not a Jared Parker problem, in my opinion. It's just not. And so, but they need to spend the offseason figuring figuring all of that out. But I have no problem with them bringing him back because I don't think he's the root of the issue. He's shown that he can be creative in play design, play calling, and uh, and game planning. He's, he's shown. We've seen it. We've seen it. We just yeah. got to see it for 12 games, I think, not six. Yeah. Again, I think there's a little tug of war. Oh, absolutely. On. And it's, you know, and, and, and when you are the head coach <clears throat> who had a season like he had last season and the things that happened in the off season and what was he maybe, you know, there, there were different things he was nitpicked for last year. Obviously a lot more things have been amplified this year, but he was, you know, he was too nice a guy. You know, he sure. let Tommy Reese just do his own thing. You know, like he, he let his coaches have too much, autonomy and I do think that not that he was in there micromanaging but I do think that you saw more of Marcus Freeman's fingerprints on some oh, yeah. different things this year as a result of that and it's just about finding balance he's still a young yes. head coach Absolutely. It, and that's what it is you, you just have to find some balance and trust your guys trust yep. your coaches but it's yep. you know have input but you've got to trust them right. that they're going to put together the game plan that you need to go out there and win yep completely agree I think last year there were a lot of people up in arms about Al Golden um, and kind of, you know, you, you see how he did in a second year of being the defensive coordinator. And I feel like Jared Parker also deserves kind of the same sort of, you know, there's there's been a little bit of heat this year, but he deserves that second year 
of working with these guys and showing kind of what he can do. And I, I said this the other day, I feel like, you know, if, if they go with Angeli or Menchi, I really feel like it's beneficial for them because even though that those guys didn't play, they still got to practice in Jared Parker's offense and system the entire season. So you're going into, you know, a year two with, yeah, a quarterback that might not have played actual games, but at least That's he true. has comfort and understanding with the offense and, and understanding, you know, how it works and that kind of stuff. So I feel like that could be really beneficial for kind of all parties next season. And his system at least has roots to Tommy Reese, which sure. has roots to Brian Kelly as well. <clears throat> but my point is, you know, that that is a, a question as they get into this offseason. And if there is a decision to be made there, not to get too far off topic, but do you want your young quarterbacks who just spent a year in the system to be learning a new system already when you've got another young quarterback sure. coming in, you know, this winter? So I tell you what, Vince, it's going to be an interesting uh, oh. off season of shows that we'll be doing here. <laughs> I told Jesse this week, you know, the, 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 the thing that ticked me off, I think not ticked me off, but it's like, of course they announced the NBC deal right before the last home game. And now it's it. kind of anticlimactic because that's a hell of an off-season topic generator is the TV contract, and now it's gone. All yeah. we can do is speculate about how much money it's actually worth because the one piece of information we wanted to know, they didn't release, of course. So. And they said that they're not going to. Like they, <laughs> right. they, exactly. they flat out told Brian, yeah, we're probably not going to. Yep. So the timing of the release, the fact that they're not releasing the information that we want pretty much tells me they didn't get what they wanted. I'm sure it's a fine deal. I'm sure they probably doubled what they got before. You well, know, again, it, it, it's fine. If, if the report but. is correct, if it's $50 million and then you add on the ACC right. money and then you sprinkle in other money that they get from games that aren't on either NBC or, right. you know, a, you know, part of the ACC deal, which is what another, what, at least two or three games, you know, whether it's like a game on Fox or, you sure. know, whatever it happens to be, or just regular ESP, like, you're sitting right around $70 million, which is plenty, which, which is, is yeah. that's they competitive. Make, they don't need to make a right. hundred. Like they don't, that's yeah. not where Notre Dame needs to be because you also have to remember the fact that with NBC, them being the sole, you know, deal there, they get to preach whatever they want as far as like game time kickoffs and, you know, a lot of the stuff. They have input. Yeah. Notre Dame has right. a lot of control over, whereas if you're a member of the conference, you don't have that kind of control. That's right. Hence, you'll take hence, your noon kickoff noon and you'll game, like right. it. Yeah. Well, and, and hence Notre Dame being on the Pac-12 network for this game. That was completely out of Notre Dame's control, obviously. But yeah. it was that's a conference decision. That's a it, it's a conference slash TV decision. But like Stanford didn't have any state. They're like, yes, Pac-12 network. Right. That's where we want to be. Like, and I mean, it's about game. demand, basically. You know, like Fox or or Disney, either one of them could have taken. You know, but like Ohio State and Michigan's going to be on at noon, so that was obviously right. Fox's first choice. What happened? Like, they could have still got that someplace, but it obviously just a, a three line. It's it's not as much about Notre Dame's record as it is about what Stanford is. You know, Notre Dame is a three loss team, but Stanford is just a three win team. And that's just not that desirable for any TV network. And that's why you get on the Pac-12 network. And by the way, remember, if you go Fubo TV, people still trying to figure out where you find it. You can (laughs) get that free subscription. From what I understand, you do have to have what's called the elite tier in Fubo to get the Notre Dame game, which is like eight bucks or something like it. So you can pay eight bucks 
and get it and then cancel it right away. Well, you know? and so. the other thing I found out was that it's also available on Dish Network. Which, really? And you don't have to have anything extra. So it's just it's nationwide just on Dish. I don't Apparently. have Dish, but. Right. And so it's on Dish Network as well. I was, I was, I was scrolling through my direct TV and I couldn't even, because, you know, like sometimes even if there's a channel there, but you just don't have access, it's like grayed <laughs> out or whatever on your, right, your, right. your, your channel guide. I was looking for Pac-12 Network, couldn't even find it on DirecTV. <laughs> it's, so. it's channel 406 on Dish, I was okay. told yesterday by the old father-in-law, because he has Dish. And he's like, I get the Pac-12 Network. I go, no, you don't. <laughs> we, I, like, I was arguing with him. He's like, uh, I'm watching college volleyball right now. I'm like, okay, you win. You get, you get Pac-12 Network. I don't know what to tell you. So there you go. Nice. What do you think Notre Dame should be most thankful for as we sit here Thanksgiving weekend? This was a I, tough one for me. This was an easy one for me. Notre Dame should oh. be thankful for their dominant and elite defense because I feel like it has masked some of their deficiencies elsewhere amongst the, the team. And I think if you had an average to below average defense, I think this team could potentially have more than three losses, unfortunately. So I think that the defense has um, obviously given the offense you know, good field position but it's also taken a lot of the stress off the offense in some of these games where they've just given the ball to the offense and created good opportunities for the team and allowed you to kind of run away from some games early on so again I think if you didn't have this defense especially against like Ohio State that could have got you know with with some of those games that Notre Dame really struggled to score in too the defense kept them in so I'm gonna have to go with the defense I thought they've been great all year and again they've kind of masked some deficiencies elsewhere you know this was that's I like a that, really, by the way. That, it's a great answer because that was uh, that's a, absolutely from an X's and O's standpoint where Notre Dame should be thankful. So I am I am 100 percent there <laughs> with you. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more big picture. And I just got done bashing the Notre Dame program for some certain things that they need to fix and they need to work on. But I'm still going to say that, that Notre Dame needs to be thankful that Marcus Freeman is their head coach, because I, I, st I still think it's the right answer. He needs to fix some things. There, there's no doubt about it. He's got an offseason to do it. But if you if you continue to look at the recruiting trail, you continue to look at the way he's bringing in old players, the way he's doing everything right off the field. And I think these back-to-back-to-back-to-back recruiting classes are really going to start to pay dividends. You know, as early as this coming fall, uh, you know, the 24 season, I think you're really going to see the impact of the Marcus Freeman era when it comes to recruiting and all of that and so I, I just think Notre Dame needs to be very thankful that he's that he that they were able to get him and that they hopefully that he's the right guy I still think he is but you know some things have to be fixed but I, I still think he's the right guy for the job it just takes a little bit of time Vince just more time than anybody wants it to take I mean unfortunately that yeah like you know I mean look Brent Venables was a hot commodity as a defensive coordinator for years, all the way back to when he was at Oklahoma originally, and then after he went and helped Dabo win a couple national championships at Clemson. And, you know, it was even bumpier for him last year after Lincoln Riley left. They got the ship righted this year. They at least beat Texas, you know, like from their perspective, they can hang that, but they did lose a couple games that I don't think that they thought they were going to lose. So it's still, you know, like they're sitting there, I believe, eight and three right now as well. But... My point is they're very similar, like guys who can recruit, guys who are good, really good defensive coordinators, but guys who are still young head coaches. There is still a learning curve regardless. It's like it's how quickly you can get there because like from Marcus Freeman's perspective, 
especially like from a fan pressure standpoint, right. time is starting to run out and you do have a new AD coming in. And that's always a thing too. When you, when you get an ID or an, an AD rather who didn't hire you, you know, you, yeah. you have to make sure that you are, are on his right side. And I'm not sure. saying that he's not on Pete Bavacqua's side, but that's something that we're not going to know until Pete officially takes over the job next summer. And, you know, he does officially become his boss. I'd say the one thing I'll kind of go a little bit different route so that we all have something different here. <laughs> I do think they should be, and we're going to talk more about Sam Hartman later in rapid fire. I do think they should be thankful for him because he, you know, even though it hasn't been as successful as we all maybe thought or, you know, wanted it to be, it has still been fairly successful and we can kind of sit back and evaluate. I think when this is all said and done, just how successful this was, but I think the biggest thing is still when, when you look at, at how he got here. And again, we're going to get into this more detail in rapid fire, the NIL aspect that Notre Dame, you know, can, can go out and let people know that NIL is yeah. a thing here and you can make a lot yeah. of money off yep. of NIL just ask Sam Hartman. And like yep. Sam Hartman has been the poster child for Notre Dame. So I think that that is, is still a good thing, even though the on-field stuff didn't quite go as planned. Yeah, I was actually talking to um, a, a dad of a player uh, of a different sport at Notre Dame, but he's like, man, he goes, NIL is alive and well at Notre Dame. And he's like, they just need to publicize it more in a good way. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they need to put it out there. He's like, the recruits know because they're being told. But he's like, the general fan base needs to know that Notre Dame is doing NIL the right way. Right. And kids are getting paid and they're getting paid good money. Yep. It's just nobody hears about it. And so everybody's like, right. oh, Notre Dame does that's it not, NIL. It's, just, and- it's like you were saying, though, Vince, it's, it's Notre Dame does it the right way. It's not the main focus mm-hmm. of why people should be here. It's just kind of like the extra. Sure. It's like it's like and the end of the year bonus. Be the balance for Notre Dame. They still Absolutely. want people to know that, you know, that people are coming here for the quote unquote right reasons. Right. Right. But like, you know, but NIL, the, you know, I have no problem with the way NIL is supposed to work. Right. Sponsorships, name, image, and likeness, like that actual, what it's supposed to be. Notre Dame does it that way. They, they get these kids sponsorships. They get these kids opportunities. They get these kids paid, but they're not doing it with a blank check for recruits. So they're not doing it, you know, the, the dark way they're doing it the correct way. And I just think that they need to do a better job of publicizing that to the general public. Like yeah. that's, and and you know what? And they probably look at it as who gives a crap what the general public thinks. All we care about is what the recruits think. And I get that line well, of thinking. I but do. it's important. It's important. You know, even if it's just the general public, because there are going to be people who don't know who are going right. to try to use it as a negative recruiting tool yes. against Notre Dame. They're going to well, you can't, you're not going to get anything. From Notre Dame, they don't do NIL. It needs to. There needs to be right. more out there to let people know, so that so that that kind of stuff can be combated. Combated, yeah. you know, like yeah, you had the whole. It was a, a little bit different, but that quarterback coach that Brady Quinn and you know Brian were kind of <laughs> going back and forth on on right. Twitter with a, a couple of weeks ago. You know, with some of his negative stuff that he was saying about you know why would you want to go to Notre Dame and and those kind of things. There are always going to be those kind of people out there, and if they have a big enough platform, they can affect some things because sure. not everyone is educated. You know, that's, that's why I do think they need to, to, to get it out there in the world yeah. a little bit more. Agreed. Agreed. So they're going on the road to close out 
the regular season like they always do. It has been, did you know, 1993, the infamous Boston College game the week after Florida State. That was the last time Notre Dame closed the regular season at home. Wow. Otherwise, it hasn't always been California, but they started going west. They even went to Hawaii one year. 1999 is when Stanford became part of this end of the season rotation with Notre Dame or with you know Stanford and USC for this Thanksgiving weekend. It gets them out there to California every year, but I digress a little bit. That's just something I researched doing another story this week. Oh, Vince yep. is getting out his media guide. Getting out my media guide. I want to see it. All right. Go to go to 1998. I believe it'll say they went to Hawaii. Gotta if find I'm not the, mistaken. Uh, the opponent. Come on. It was either night no, or actually it might be 97 <laughs> because USC USC still was part of the Thanksgiving, you know, they would Notre Dame would go out to LA for Thanksgiving, even though they didn't, yeah. you know, have a permanent partner to rotate just, with back then. Do we really think that being in California the last game of the season is really even needs to be a thing anymore? With the I don't way transportation and you know, is and communication and Zoom and just all of those different things. Like, is that I, I get back in the nineties why that need like why that was something that was important. Like I get mm -hmm. it. I just don't think that that's a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, and I we've talked before, like. I think Southern California is much more important than being, you know, up in Palo Alto in the San Francisco area yeah, in Northern California. But the other part of that too is, you know, there, there were some times back in the days when USC would come to Notre Dame for Thanksgiving weekend. And they, mm. I think even came here in early December a few times, you know, when the C, you know, the schedule was a little <laughs> bit different and with USC Going to the Big Ten, they're going to have to play some cold weather games. So I think maybe there needs to be some rethinking of that. If you can get, like, if you can, if you could always have USC Thanksgiving weekend, whether it's right. in LA or here in South Bend, I think that that would be a much better deal than what they've got right now with this alternating. And they want to keep Stanford. That's fine. Even though, again, like you and I probably disagree, <laughs> but I would like to see the trophy game with all these rivalry games going on Thanksgiving weekend. I would like to see Notre Dame USC be a permanent fixture in Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, right now, the deal it benefits USC. Sorry, Vince, but the deal no, you benefits USC because they have to go out there, and then USC gets to come here when it's not cold and rainy right. or snowy. Right, but so again, it's like they're you're just accommodating to, USC. They're going to have to go to. You know, Madison, Wisconsin, or, you know, oh, Iowa yeah. City, or wherever. Change they're, it now. You might they're going to have to play some road games in the Big Ten. And and newsflash, it's cold in the Big Ten. And it's going to be hilarious <laughs> to watch. Folks. Yes. I'm just telling you. It's yes. hilarious. Yeah, I think they'll be, like, triple layered, especially those DBs and corners. Oh, they come out in the middle of October with, like, the the, yeah. the, full, the full thing on. All you can see is, like, their eyeball. It's like, dude. The, the leaves haven't even changed yet. Like, you, good Vince, luck with the you, Big Ten. <laughs> would you rather see that or the guys who come out when it's obviously cold shirtless? Like, which one is more Well, those are all offensive egregious. linemen and middle linebackers. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. That those are your people. My people, we dress in layers. Your people are foolish. My people. The, 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 small, the small skinny guys on the outside. And we're talking about my past. But, like, we, we layer up. And what I'm is your what is your Italian ancestry, by the way? You like, do you know, like, it, yeah. like what part of Italy it goes back to? 
Southern, Southern Italy. Southern baby. Italy. Okay, yeah. so even even warmer. So they were yeah. walking around with their shirts off and dude, I, Southern Italy <laughs> and doing their thing and Puerto Rican. Like that's my background. Okay, so we like it a little warmer. Okay, and <laughs> I was never also. I mean, I coached longer than I played. I was never the coach that was out there in like shorts. Like that was no no sir. Like I was in the press box bundled up. Like there yeah. was no <laughs> chance. I was going to be out there showing any skin. If it was the fun thing is when those cold games happen and you get so hot, it's fun watching all that steam come off your body (laughs) off the head. Just like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's who, you know, the people are working. You don't see that come off DBs because they don't sweat. They're just just out there running around. Just the big smelly lineman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where it's at. Like when they bend over and you see the steam coming out the backside. I like that. Linemen and linebackers, those are you, you people. But this whole conversation started because this is a road game. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Notre Dame is two and two on the road this year. Why do you guys think that they have struggled on the road this season? Because even the two wins, NC State and Duke, you know, Duke was obviously a lot closer. NC State for a time was a bit closer. Why do you think that they've had more troubles on the road this season? I have to go with preparation because they've come out flat and they've come out you know they they just they're not nearly as explosive in these and it just feels like on the same page or you know in sync as they are and maybe it's you know comfortability too but in the home sure. games they just look like completely different teams yeah. compared to when they come out on the road and to me that that falls under the head coach not having his team properly prepared um for these road games and it's like you know against Clemson it was really really crappy because you know, they came out and they were moving the ball, but then they just didn't finish drives. So it always feels like there's just something, you know, it's like that <clears throat> there's always kind of that lingering effect or that one thing that slows them up, but it's never the same thing. And so it's just like you want to see all those things fixed and not coming out with these slow starts because it's it's like 
on the road, like that's the last thing that you, you want to do because you want to grab that momentum, you know, first. It's a big deal when you go on the road to grab that momentum um, from from the home team. So I have to go with slow starts, Vince. Well, no, and, it, and it's 100% has to do with preparation. And that's, that's one of the things that um, I, I wrote about when predicting this game, right? Like no, Notre Dame needs to figure out where the flaws are in their road game preparation. Like what, what is happening? Cause I don't think we know the answer to this, but are they staying at motel sixes the night before? Right. Like, are they not sleeping well? What's going and that's on? The thing. It's like, we, what is, what part of the, the road game preparation is the problem? Because Notre Dame played pretty well in a foreign country on the road, right. but then the true road games, they, they've been terrible. They just have been, they're two and two, but like you said, the wins that they've gotten, were a struggle. I mean, NC State was a struggle early, and then they had the weather delay, and then they blew the doors off of them. But then Duke, we know, came down to the last bit, and then they lost the other two. So, you know, where where in the preparation is this a problem? Because as Jesse said, and I agree totally, these teams aren't ready to play on the road. They're just not ready to play, and that's the biggest problem. And so that's the head coach. That's the preparation. That's the program. That's something you need to get figured out because last year it was at home that they had the biggest issues that's against true. very inferior opponents. Lost to two bad teams, and they that's blew fixed. everybody out at home this year. Like, that's Big fixed. Yeah. I, I, that, that part's fixed, okay? Now they've got a new problem. They, they play lackluster on the road. That needs to be fixed. And it does right? seem like a mental thing because oh, when, you, when you look at the Louisville and the Clemson games specifically, you're talking about eight total turnovers yeah. in those oh, games, yeah. and most of them – by the quarterback himself early it, it, too yeah or, and that's yeah. like it seemed like after that first interception at louisville like sam hartman mentally was just a different guy and like i do think out. you can yeah like you can read too much into body language and those kind of things but like he threw that interception and he definitely you know he seemed more tentative he seemed more hesitant and and just he didn't seem like himself and yeah you know he had a couple of fumbles obviously as well and then you know the pick six against Clemson and they talked about you know getting spooked after the pick six and all that and like like they you know they played a a good game in the second half but you can't come out on the road and put yourself in those situations turnovers played a big part of it you know how much you know preparation had anything to do with that I don't know but I do agree with what Marcus Freeman said need a faster start, kind of build some confidence, not get yourself in a hole right away, especially against a worse team. Because again, at least the other teams that they've played have been pretty good, you know, in terms of the, the, you know, all, all four of those teams have been ranked at some point in the season. Stanford hasn't been ranked in, I don't know how many years. So it's like, you can't find, you can't make a stupid mistake early and put yourself in a hole against a team like Clemson this week. It almost just feels like they need to establish like a tradition on the road you know i feel like you get they get so comfortable at home with of going to mass and then doing the player walk to the stadium it feels like that's the comfortability that all of these players and coaches like you know what i mean just like that feeling of being at home the comfortability if they need to find something that's you know tradition on the road if this is what we're going to do every game and 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 that's what works for them you know maybe they do something in the morning as a team and then there's just got to be something else to to their game day flow from the time they get up on the road to the time they play the game, you got to find a new kind of, I guess, like I'm saying, tradition or way to kind of go approach these games that that well that gets these guys comfortable and gets these guys <clears throat> playing better. And it's and it's interesting because as Jess and I talked about this week, 
Marcus Freeman said they're changing the schedule up. Typically what they've done for Thanksgiving weekend is team gets together after, you know, like practice team gets together, they do their big Thanksgiving feast and then they get on the buses, they go to the airport, you know, fly with their bellies full of, of uh, giblets and, you know, stuffing and whatever else. And, and then they get out there and, they, you know, they've got Friday out there, but they're going to stay home for Thanksgiving this year. They're going to travel on Friday, which is what they typically do during the season. Kind of seems like it was, you know, maybe a natural opportunity to shake things up a little bit with the, you know, their traditional Thanksgiving schedule. I don't know how much it matters, but they're switching it up this year anyway. Or are, yeah, are they switching it up to change things around a little bit? Because that's what everybody's used to doing for this weekend. I don't know. I You can look at it both ways. A million ways. ways you can look at but, it, yeah. But the bottom line is, I think this is a bigger fix than sitting down with Ron Paulus and mixing up the schedule. Like, they, they, they need to figure out kind of rudimentally what is wrong with their road game preparation. And, and it's an all-week thing. I don't think it's just, hey, what time are we getting on the plane? Like, it's, yeah. it's bigger than that. What it is, I don't know because I'm not inside of it and I don't travel with the team. And so I don't know, but they need to figure something out because this is, it's a problem. It's a different, completely different team in true road games than they are at home. Completely different. Yeah, I agree. When you look at this Stanford game, it is going to be a different looking Stanford team that we've gotten used to seeing with David Shaw and Jim Harbaugh over the years, you know, like multiple quarterbacks on the field at the same time and they do have at least a little bit of an explosive offense. Like, do you want this to be a good, entertaining, competitive game, or does it just need to be, you know, all Notre Dame from start to finish? I would say, <laughs> for selfish reasons, I'd like it to be a little bit more engaging throughout <laughs> the entire game. You know, as long as as long as the defense is out there and, and does what they're, I don't want to see any big broken plays in terms of like passing and running. I think that's the big thing I'd look for on defensively is, you know, I don't, I don't, it, when you're going against some of these teams, I think it's Notre Dame's defense kind of has the mentality of, you know, especially like you're going to play Stanford and they're probably going to have some gimmick plays of, okay, like let's just bend a little bit, but when it's time to really hold and stand, let's just not let them, you know, score essentially. Right. Cause like you see, like last week was a, a good example. Wake Forest was racking off some, some runs here and there. And, but once they got to Notre Dame side of the field, you know, they really didn't allow them to score much anymore. And so like, I'm okay with that defensively and offensively. I just want to see the continuous, you know, getting guys that we're going to see next year, the opportunity to play make like phase on great house Flores. I just want to see the, that continuous kind of streak of good plays and Vince talked about it earlier, the way the offense looked against Wake Forest. It, it felt rhythmic more, and it felt like that was the problem the last few games is it just didn't feel rhythmic, and sometimes it was just hard to watch. Like, it was not enjoyable to watch that offense operate. So I'd like to continue, to see the offense continue that rhythmic kind of dance that they're going to do of just getting the ball around, letting these guys move in space a little bit, and keep it, keep it close. Not keep it close, but keep it where Sam Hartman could play all four quarters, basically, is what I, what I need. Hmm. Mm, disagree you kind of went against what you said you're you want on the one hand you talked about young guys playing and then you want sam hartman to play off well like the young guys who've been playing all year and you know like the playmaking positions i'm okay. not talking about like Minchi or Angeli or any of those guys listen okay. i need sam hartman to throw for like five touchdowns and 300 yards okay i'm just gonna say it. it's not gonna ha- well it could happen but he's not good gonna be in the, he's not gonna be in the whole game 
That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want it to be 60 to zero. I like, give me like last week, 31 to seven. Nobody scored for a quarter last week, and every Notre Dame fan was on the, you know, (laughs) on the edge of the cliff, ready to jump and going crazy. Oh, we're not going to look what it turned into. It's like, yeah, you can't score 45 points in one possession, (laughs) you know, but I do think that it, considering how bad Stanford truly is, you know, we said it last year, you know, I remember saying it and I'll probably never forget it. It's still ringing in my ears when we asked what Notre Dame needs to do to win. I said they needed to show up. Well, I guess you could argue whether or not they showed up last year, but they obviously lost. Like this is, I imagine that's got to be a motivator for a lot of guys on this team as well. And it needs it. This, this just needs to be a game where Notre Dame is quite obviously the better team on the yes. field. They need to have they those play ticked better. off. Everyone just yeah. like for the embarrassment that they faced last year at home against a crappy Bingo. Stanford team. You throw in Audric Estime is ticked off too because of the Doke Walker thing. Everyone just needs to play with that mentality. Just play ticked off, but play you could play ticked off under control at the same time. Like you can use that aggression in, in a positive way. And that's what you want to see. Like this should almost feel like a revenge game for them. Not that it needs to be, but like you should almost take personally that Stanford embarrassed you the way that they did last year. In your own place, you need to go and deliver that back to Stanford in their place this season. They, they look. They they need to be from a from a big picture standpoint. They need to be efficient offensively. The first six drives, go down, score touchdowns, call it a day, <laughs> hand the reins off to the next group. Like that's that's what I need to see. They need to be. Yeah. They need to go out and they need to impose their will. And whether that has to do with defensive turnovers, whether that has to do with the offense just going on an 80 or 75 yard drive and just punching them in the mouth and taking away their soul, then that's what they need to do. They they are better across the board, every single position, you know, all the way down to the long snapper and then Stanford. And they need to show it that they're just, this should not be a competitive game. And people are going to be really ticked off if Notre Dame goes three and out too serious to start this game. And they should be, because that shouldn't happen. That should not happen against right. a team like Stanford, whether you're on the road, whether you're at home, or whether you're in my backyard. That should not happen. So they need to go out and be efficient. And I don't care what that looks like, but the end result needs to be touchdowns on every possession, and, and it needs to be defensive efficiency as well, whether you're turning them over, going three and out, whatever the case may be. They need to dominate this team. It needs to be over halftime. It needs to be over halftime. Correct, Mundo. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.